Before we get to our guest, I want to talk about our NOAA subscription. CD Media is not just a local news company. We're not just a military company. We're not even just a national company. CDM is a global news organization that has reporters from the Middle East to Eastern Europe to the Balkans to Asia to Latin America to the United States. Put us in your daily scan and get the news, tip of the spear news from around the world. I know that people don't like ads, however. They don't like pop-up ads on their phone. They don't like to see ads on the websites. But you know what? We have to make money. Seriously, we have to support ourselves, and that's one of the ways we do it. However, if you don't like ads, you can sign up for our no-ad subscription. And guess what? You get access to our dozen newspapers around the world, our dozen news organizations, and you get access to all this quality, high-quality content. So, so give us a few bucks, sign up for your no-ad subscription, and you'll get access to all of the sites with a block on the ads, and you'll be very happy. And now let's get to our guest. It is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment. President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. Welcome back to Information Operation. We've got a really interesting guest today, Chris Gleason, on our series, Florida is Not Free. Uh, this will be part five of the series, and we're going to dig into, well, I'm going to let him talk about what's happening on the ground. Before we get there, I want to talk about our no-ad subscriptions. We just put a lot of money and effort and time into redesigning CD Media, the Georgia Record, and, and other papers that are coming online. The Easton Gazette in Maryland is about to start here in a few weeks. So we literally have news all over the world. We're a global news company from Eastern Europe uh, all the way deep into the U.S. and at the local level. So get our no-ad subscriptions. People tell us they hate ads on the phone. They hate the pop-ups. It really is annoying. Fine, but we have to make money. So if you don't want to see those ads, sign up for our no ad subscription. You get you get access to all the papers literally all over the world and more are coming online every day. So make us your one stop go to news source for your daily scan and get our no ad subscription. Pay us a few bucks a month, help independent media and help get the truth out. So now I'm going to bring in Chris. Thanks for coming back on the show, Chris. My pleasure, Todd. So uh, we had a great event down in Miami. Thank you for uh, handling the back end of that uh, on the live stream. That was extremely helpful. And uh, you made the drive from, from across the state. So thank you for that. Yeah. But uh, tell, us, tell us what you got going now, because this is the fourth time we've had you on this series, and each time gets better and better. Yeah. So um, been pretty busy with uh, this uh, Maryland RICO case uh, that I've been um, helping with. Um, it's been a very interesting process. Um, so we had identified a lot of, uh, misfeasance and malfeasance mm -hmm. here in Florida with, with election data and campaign finance stuff and all, all sorts of craziness. And so I ended up getting involved with, uh, this attorney and, uh, some other folks out of Maryland, mm -hmm. um, 
in their elections. And we uncovered quite a bit of stuff, um, things that meet the patterns of what we've discovered elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And we have uh, put together a, a pretty interesting uh, RICO case and uh, that uh, we uh, an injunction uh, got filed and a bunch of motions got filed uh, over the weekend mm-hmm. for that case. And some of the stuff that we uncovered was tied to the blank ballots that we had seen here in Florida mm-hmm. and the way that these machines are being used to um, flip elections, steal elections, and disenfranchise voters. What what is a blank ballot? Because a lot of people won't won't realize what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it all depends on who you ask. Uh, and um, so if you if you ask uh, the Lee County Supervisor of Elections, uh, the first answer he gave us was. Uh, it was a ballot that was 100% blank that nobody filled anything out on. And they did that to protest the, what, uh, to voice their uh, political opinion. And uh-huh. so we asked, okay, well, why would 20,000 people, um, you know, during early voting election day and vote by mail cast blank ballots? Why would they take time out of their day? Why would they go down? Why would they go... And they wouldn't. So, yeah. so it started a questions, started a lot of questions. And then mm-hmm. we saw some crazy stuff um, in Hillsborough County. Mm-hmm. And we started checking everywhere. We started looking for what is a blank ballot. And so then the other answer that we were given by the uh, Hillsborough County General Counsel um, was that it was a page um, on a ballot that was blank. I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't make sense because if it was just a page on a ballot, those would be undervotes, not a blank ballot. So you, you just for our audience sake, you started looking at the blank ballot issue because you're seeing a, a lot of blank Massive ballots, amounts. tens I mean, of thousands of ballots that are supposedly blank. Many but, tens of thousands. So yeah. in Florida, in Florida. So yeah. we saw, so in 20, 20, we look, we were looking at 2020. Um, and we looked at the primary. That was our first look see. And we did this during logic and accuracy testing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did a massive public records request to all 67 counties in Florida requesting this particular report from the ESNS machines. And we got really interesting data. What we found in Miami-Dade, Miami-Dade had 68,000 blank ballots cast in the 2020 general election. So that would mean that 68,000 people during early voting, election day, and vote by mail went out and cast a 100% blank ballot. Wow. Now, we got the definition of what a blank ballot was from ESNS themselves. Mm-hmm. And somebody um, was kind enough to provide to us uh, a manual. And in the manual, I had a page. And on the page, it said what a blank ballot was. Wow. And, the, and the answer to the question that none of the supervisors of elections were willing to give us was in the book. So we ended up finding out what a blank ballot was. 
And so I took that data. So the suspense is killing me. What is it? What is a blank ballot? A blank ballot is a ballot that's that that uh, isn't one hundred percent. It's one hundred percent blank okay. because if it was an undervote ballot, okay, um, it was an undervoted ballot. It would show that it was undervoted. Right. And an undervoted ballot would be some a ballot that was cast and maybe they just wanted to vote for the president and they didn't want to vote for anybody else or you know they just wanted to vote for senate congress and they didn't want to vote for judges that's a common thing now what's interesting about blank ballots is that the machines have to be programmed to accept a blank ballot now why would you want a machine to accept a blank ballot because then that would tell you that there's a problem with the ballot or it wasn't being read. Mm -hmm. So we know that the machines were configured in these counties to not reject blank ballots. And that's loaded in the machines by the election definitions mm -hmm. that are programmed by ESNS, a consultant or somebody at the supervisor of elections office. Okay. So, when we did the public records request to all the counties, um, we were really excited to see the results roll in in November. And as we saw the results start to roll in in November, the first county that I got was Hillsborough. And Hillsborough had gone from, I don't know, 21,000 blank ballots cast in 2021 until it was like 30 or 40 or something like that. Insane. It, statistically, it's zero. A lot, exactly. of protest, a lot of protest votes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> statistically zero. But and, and we noticed that this was going on. It went on. Same thing happened in Miami. Mm -hmm. So we went from 68,000 to like near none. And so that, okay, so let's keep watching. Mm -hmm. And there were some counties where the trend, because this has been a long-term trend. So this was in 22. You saw it go from yeah very high level to basically zero. In some counties. Yeah. So what what uh, what we see is that uh, there's a clique of supervisors of elections, little group, and they share intel. And they apparently put out a memo saying, don't steal by blank ballot this year. Mm -hmm. So the trend, the long-term trend that kept going up and up and up, it reversed and it went to zero. And so that was like, hmm, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Looks like we're on a something mm -hmm. here. Now, apparently they did not give the memo to the people in Broward County because mm -hmm. the people in Broward County, their stuff kept going up. So essentially what happened in 2022 for Broward they uh, they increased. So in 2020, it was about 50 something thousand blank ballots cast in uh, Broward. And then this November, it was 60,000. Now, that translates to about 10 percent of all the voters who went out and voted 10 percent. So that's a massive number. I mean, it's just stunning. So what they're so. Their explanation would be, oh, well, people cast a blank, 100% blank ballot. I'm like, no, that's it's impossible. That mm -hmm. is absolutely impossible. So what you either have are machines with a 10% failure rate, or you've got some real election fraud going on 
um, within the SOE office. So and, you, you suspect that just for, again, for our audience sake, cause this is all complicated. You suspect that votes for certain candidates are being selected to be blank. Is, is yeah. that, so they're, they're blanking out votes of certain candidates. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is the working, uh, that is the working theory. Mm -hmm. And so what we're digging in, so we, we started digging into this because it becomes a, a real big issue because now you have to, you have to look at paper ballots. Yeah. And so in Maryland, they have this really crazy thing. It's uh, called ballot duplication software. And it's a software that is not approved for use in any election by the, um, by the uh, EAC. Mm-hmm. It's not certified. And what this software does is it's essentially ballot forging software. So you scan in a ballot and then it will read the ballot. And then it allows somebody to adjudicate the, the damaged ballot, however they want. Mm -hmm. This is being done without any oversight. And then once they adjudicate the ballot to voter intent, they then print a ballot. And when that ballot is printed, it is then cast. Mm -hmm. hmm. Nice. Yeah. Changing so, ballots. Yeah. 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 I mean, Changing so mm -hmm. it, it's it, it's is that done by a manual process or by an algorithm? Um, bit of both. Uh -huh. So um, we'll see how this all plays out. I know that it's going to be a big deal in Maryland. Um, and we believe that it is going to end up playing out or it's going to be uh, exposed as well in Arizona mm -hmm. because they also um, use Runback. I was recently informed. And what, what's the tie to Runback? I'm, I'm curious. Runback, they're, they're the manufacturer for this software. I see. And so we looked into the patent on the software. You know, patents tell you a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And this software in particular it has to be connected to the internet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so wait a minute. I didn't mm -hmm. think that election stuff was supposed to be connected to the internet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and it's supposed to. So Broward County actually uses this software, by the way. Wow. So, and I've been told that uh, there are other counties in Florida that are using it. We just aren't aware of them yet, but we're going to find out which ones. And we're going to stop this stuff. So have you talked to Christina White in Miami-Dade? about? Uh, I have not talked to Christina. About the blank ballot issue. You have not. No. Okay. No. We, um, we've, so we, we really um, started peeling the onion on mm -hmm. the blank ballot issue, I would say, over the past couple of weeks mm -hmm. uh, here in Florida. Because what I was able to do is I was able to get a hold of some other reports Mm -hmm. um, that the machines generate. Uh, one of them was uh, the EL30A report, which is a um, election summary report with a breakdown by precinct. And then there's another report called the EL52 report, which is basically a summary of the EL30A report where you can look, you can basically look at each precinct and you will get a good idea about where where these blank ballots are being cast and where the, the misfeasance and malfeasance is. 
So when I started digging into Miami, um, we found that there were certain precincts where you had, you know, darn near close to 20% of all the ballots cast in that precinct were adjudicated as blank ballots. So that was in 2020, um, 2020 and uh -huh. 2022. Okay. Actually, no, 2022 didn't have hardly any, mm -hmm. but we did see, um, you guys, I think it was like 400 or something like that blank ballots, which is very small in relation to 68,000. Yeah. But it did, uh, show us, which, uh, did show us that there was still some stuff going on in some precincts. Yeah. In, in uh, Miami. So one of the, the, the things um, what I found where there was particularly interesting clusters. So you would have clusters of precincts that were reporting the exact percentage of blank ballots cast. So wow. I think it was like four precincts. So the mathematical probability of that happening probably isn't that great, you know? Yeah, no kidding. So, so what about is, you know, is we obviously the, the narrative is that Florida is the gold standard and there was no cheating in 22 but did you see this happening down ballot? I mean, obviously they didn't cheat or allow the, the fraud to happen at the top of the ballot level, or maybe they did. I don't know. But did you see it down ballot? I mean, that's where the real scandals were in the last election, right? Yeah. So we had uh, a couple of races in Tampa, one with uh, Lisette Bonanno and Mara Lands, mm -hmm. and they their races had the typical pattern of fraud. All of a sudden, everything goes down. Mm -hmm. And then when everything comes back up, their opponent wins by, you know, vote by mail ballot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's so they, Yeah, that, that's what we see. And, and we see this everywhere. Um, In Florida. It, it, everywhere. Period. Yeah. So we see this here in Florida. That is a pattern. And then... You know, the whole blank ballot pattern we saw also in Maryland. Mm -hmm. um, it was particularly egregious in the larger, denser uh, counties. And the correlation that we see is the larger the amount of blank ballots being cast, the more fraud. Yeah. And what we also see is those tend to be the races that the Democrats win. So it looks, is this thing being done by, you know, internet connection the, the, or programming of the machines? Or is it, is it re-uploading data later? Or what is, do you know how it's done? So the machines are all connected uh -huh. to modems that can be accessed. That's a fact. It's mm -hmm. irrefutable. It is. Now, the ESNS machines, they have a patent for remote control access mm -hmm. for the machines and this software is deployed on the machines and they claim that if you have remote access you can do virtually anything so 
it's a it's a well-known uh, thing that there is an admin password and uh, login for these machines. Mm-hmm. And apparently they never change the admin login and password. And it's the admin login and password. Yeah. So it would not uh, be very difficult to um, change things remotely um, via the internet connection. The other thing is, you know, where the source code for these machines is a black box and they allow zero transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's another highly problematic issue as well. Yeah. Now, when the elections are programmed into the machines, they're programmed by a USB. And we don't know what the code is on that USB. So essentially, and this has been proven, there were uh, several um, studies done by university cybersecurity uh, people, electrical engineers uh, and software engineers, that you could, with you know, 40 lines of code injected into the machines, you could flip, you could flip vote counts and you could flip ballots yeah. without a problem. 40 lines of code. Now, can it be injected by a, a USB drive? Yup. Could it be injected via an internet connection? Yup. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a well also a well-known fact here in Florida that these machines are running on um, an operating system of like Windows 7. Yeah. Windows 7, Microsoft stopped supporting it years ago. Yeah. And it's riddled with, with holes. So... Uh, you know, you got a problem here. You got a real problem here. So they can't tell us one that the machines aren't connected to the internet because we know they are. We have whistleblowers that have come mm-hmm. forward and said, "Hey, yeah, I worked at the SOEs, and these machines all have modems." Um, they can't say that. They can't say that they're not connected to the internet, which is a violation of uh, the uh, voluntary. Uh, voluntary uh, software guidelines for the certification of the machines that all of the SOEs are supposed to be uh, up to date with. And they're not. So that's a a violation of critical election integrity Mm -hmm. um, infrastructure. So, I mean, it's a giant mess. So are you going to take this uh, RICO suit nationwide? Yeah, that's, that's what we're working on right now. Um, we filed some motions for the Maryland case. We have, uh, several candidates from here in Florida that have signed uh, letters of intent to join the suit, Mm -hmm. um, as we make it into the multi-district litigation court. Um, we have, uh, we have, uh, folks in, uh, Wisconsin and Michigan, uh, Georgia, it looks like we probably will have Louis. We could have Louisiana and Arizona in on this as well. So we're getting. So is your goal that is yeah. your goal to take out the machines prior to the election? The mid- yes, general. That and uh, and the uh, money laundering operation that has been financing the the overthrow of our constitutional republic. Yeah. So. You're saying you found a lot of people across the country who are 
donating 20 bucks like 9,000 times or something like that. 10,000, 20,000, yeah. 65,000 times. Yeah. So uh, this morning I was um, working on um, some packs. I was targeting some packs and digging through what they were doing. And uh, one of them was uh, Color of Change. That's mm -hmm. the pack that financed the uh, DA in New York that's going after Trump mm -hmm. for the uh, for campaign finance violations. Yeah. So projection is what they do best. Yes. So so I started digging into that pack and who was feeding money into it and where they were spending money. And one of the interesting things about this is you know with this network of money laundering that we see um there are two types of actors you have what's called a mule and then mm -hmm. you've got smurfs smurfs are small smaller little donations mules tend to be a bit bigger mm -hmm. um so what we found <laughs> is uh warnock was the greatest beneficiary as of a, as candidates to this muling and smurfing network. Hmm. And he raised, you know, a bajillion dollars from a lot of people who didn't have jobs. And that was kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. So what we looked at were who these individuals were. And we, as we dug and we uncovered more and more stuff, we found this network expanded into every state and it was going on everywhere. And so we found uh, two weeks ago, the two top ones that we had were over 65,000 individual donations, okay, made mm -hmm. in the past two election cycles. And then we had, uh, uh, we were working with a reporter from uh, the Epoch Times and they wanted to interview somebody and they found this one lady out of Michigan who um, had donated, according to the FEC, 10,000 times mm -hmm. to the tune of a big giant pile of money, uh, about 200 grand or so, mm -hmm. okay, which was about half the value of her home. And so when the reporter got her on the phone, he asked her, you know, if she made donations. And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a really generous don donor. I donated 50 times. Mm. Okay. And so, well, how much did you donate? Well, I don't want to tell you that. Oh, okay. Well, what if we told you that the FEC is reporting you as having donated 10,000 times? What? <laughs> I wouldn't do that. That's elder. She's like, I would know. And, and so um, it was an interesting conversation. And out of that conversation came the confession that she hadn't donated any money in 2022. Wow. Now, the interesting thing about this was that this woman who said that she made no donations in 2022 because um, she was mad at them for one reason or another. She wouldn't tell us why. But um, she had donated, according to the FEC, 2,000 times and about $79,000. So, who's processing these transactions? Yeah. Act Blue. Who has. So, the, it comes in, she donates to Act Blue, and then 
allegedly? Is that allegedly? Allegedly. So she makes some donations to Act Blue, and then Act Blue or somebody else is using her information and to inject yeah. a lot of illicit money, circumventing campaign finance. Now, well, how, how does it do that? Because it's small donations. Yeah, it, it's they they do it to avoid detection. I see. Now, what is interesting, though, and this is really, really, really interesting. So banks and credit card companies, they would typically file suspicious activity reports or FinCEN reports. You would think, yeah. You would think, right? But then when you dig into who um, the banks are for these curious packs and Act Blue, you find out. And it's it's all the same bank, hmm. amalgamated bank, amalgamated bank, amalgamated bank is a bank for all the unions. Hmm. So, what's going on there? What state is amalgamated bank? Do you know? They're in a bunch of states. Okay. Um, I know that they're in New York. I think their headquarters is in New York, and. Um, we see a lot of the expenditures um, um, coming from uh, or uh, being paid to uh, Amalgamated Bank out of Washington, D.C. Hmm. So there's no way on God's green earth that the level of these transactions would not have, should have thrown up a flag, one, at the FEC, two, hmm. the IRS, three, you know, uh, with these, there should have been suspicious activity reports filed by yeah. the financial institution. So at Blue, the only way that these massive amounts of donations could be done, okay, would be done through uh, algorithms or through computer code, okay? Because, you know, our, our 80, 90-year-old gray-haired granny who hates Donald Trump, mm -hmm. okay? So she donates some money. Um, there's no way that she is out there donating 44.75 times a day, every day yeah. for four years. Yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't work like that. So Act Blue has got a lot of explaining to do. Hmm. And um, one of the things that we're looking at is um, their use of prepaid, uh, debit cards and prepaid credit cards and foreign mm. money because mm. we know that they're not validating credit card data. Mm. So they're not matching that the credit card information matches the donor information. And yeah. we know that they're not, that they are allowing foreign credit cards to be used on their system. So mm. as part of our um, uh injunction and seizure requests we're looking for financial records and the machines and it's just highly organized crime oh it's it's yeah. this is a very highly sophisticated um money laundering operation yeah so georgia right let's let's talk about georgia so Raphael warnock was the largest uh recipient of this campaign finance mule and smurf network okay and he heartily outraised everybody okay nationwide what we figured out this 
just to this morning as I was getting ready for uh, this call that you and I were doing, Raphael Warnock in 2022, in the 2021 to 2022 election cycle, his campaign, his campaign now made over 680,000 individual contributions to Act Blue. Hmm. Why would a political campaign donate 680 something thousand times to Act Blue? Hmm. All small donations. I mean, wouldn't it be more cost efficient to, you know, stroke a couple of checks or do a couple right. of wire transfers? Right. So, because with every transaction, right, you have uh, a transaction fee. Mm -hmm. Somebody's making some money. Because uh. Somebody's making some money in transaction fees. So who's making money in transaction fees? Yeah. So we see all this money getting routed, right, to Raphael Warnock through um, Act Blue and through these campaign finance mules. And then after the election, we see massive amounts of individual campaign contributions from Raphael Warnock to Act Blue. Hmm. Some kind of, you know, somebody's getting paid. Of course they are. Yeah, yeah. And, and so in money laundering, part of the process of cleaning the money, okay, is you have to have the full circle. Yeah. And we have the full circle. So, you know, I, I find it comical that they're investigating Trump over, you know, a payment, you know, uh, to uh, Stormy Daniels, right? And they're and they're saying that this is a campaign finance issue. Yeah. Well, ridiculous. Yeah. You should see the report for for New York State. I mean, there was one guy, the top mule for New York State. Um, he donated like close to 10,000 times in, in 2022. How does an individual donate 10,000 times in one, one election cycle? Yeah, I thought there were limits. I guess there's not a limit on how many times you can do it, but maybe just the amount. Is that? But still, it's a lot of money. I mean... Somebody's not caring these, about, you know... These people aren't, I mean, and, and one of the big patterns that we see, right, is that these people are donating such large amounts of money, collect, you know, um, with these small donations where you're looking at, you know, half the value of their homes. Yeah. So we ran, we ran the analysis and, you know, you're looking at people who've donated, you know, 30% of the value of their home, half the value of their home in you know, two election cycles. Well, let, let's bring it back to Florida. I mean, Have you talked to the Republican really Party of Florida? Like Joe Biden or... so much? Sorry, we got a little lag. I there. mean, um, so so Act Blue, lag. right? If, if you look at the little lag, so Act Blue in 2020, they raised uh, four over four point four. I think it was like four point four billion dollars. In 2020, during the height of the pandemic, pandemic. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Everybody thought that Joe Biden was going to do such a good job that they 
they donated half the value of their house. Yeah. So doesn't make sense. Let's, let's talk. Let's bring it back to Florida. Have you talked to the DeSantis administration about all of this? The DeSantis administration wants zero, zero to do with anything election integrity. Um, after our face-to-face meeting with poor Bird, they got very, very heated. Um, I recapped our meeting in an email, and I point by point refuted everything that Core Bird had to say. Mm-hmm. And I provided video links of DeSantis's own words, and everything, just point by point, totally refuted everything he had to say. And I copied the Chief Inspector General in this email, and you know I made my allegations of malfeasance and misfeasance by. Cord Bird and Ashley Moody, mm-hmm. and I received a, a email back from the Chief Inspector General, who answers directly to Governor DeSantis, and they said that they were going to open an investigation. And I said, "Wow, that's great." And then two days later, or a day later, day or two later, I get another email from them saying, "We are going to refer this uh, complaint to the Inspector General, who answers." to Cord Bird, the Secretary of State. And that seemed a little funny to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I asked for clarification on that. I said, so let me get this straight. I just want to be 100% clear on this. You are going to take my complaint of uh, misfeasance, malfeasance, and election crimes committed by the Secretary of State and Ashley Moody to be investigated by the guy who answers to the subject of my complaint. Yeah. And they said, yes. And we're going to conduct our investigation the way we see fit. I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. okay. So that's, you know, DeSantis has, he has to keep up the facade, right? That Florida has clean and fair elections. But when you look at the election data from 2020, you can see all the counties where Trump lost and the, and the counties where Trump lost, they all have that same um, voter fraud pattern that we've identified in other states as well. So blank ballots being cast, vote by mail, computer system going down, computer system coming up, machines yeah. connected to the internet and a lot of fraud. So. So you're taking this to the federal level is essentially what you're doing. Yeah, at this point, because I know that we're not going to get anything here in Florida. I mean, DeSantis has no interest in it. I mean, he's been a beneficiary of um, lots of uh, election fraud himself. So, you know, I mean, he's not, you know, I laugh when people tell me about how great he is. I'm like, no, he's not great. I used to think that too, but then yeah. I saw what was really going on, and it's clear that the guy is is not good. He's not good for Florida. Um, he made a deal with the deep state to get Trump out. Um, you know, they they by him doing what he did, um, they needed to have the narrative with the close election right in twenty twenty. Because 
if they didn't have that narrative here in Florida, then the whole charade would have gotten the whole thing would have come down, right? Mm-hmm. So they have to maintain this because this is all done through algorithms. They they have formulas and they say, okay, this is what we need to do. They're doing it live using the Siddle and Edson election data. And they have this stuff all planned out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jeff O'Donnell and um, and Dra- Lady Draza, uh, they had done some pretty interesting stuff on the CDR analysis. And, you know, you could see what happened. You know, um, you could see how there's a the similar um, percentage, similar mathematical equation, and they're not even, they're, you know, they really weren't even thorough about it or, or, or creative about it, where they would have a different number everywhere, right? What they did is they used the same damn formula and, and they do it in clusters. Yeah. So it's the same thing with the campaign finance. It's the same operation, just a different, you know, they're stealing through votes, they're stealing through money. Well, Chris, anything else you want uh, to get out while we're talking? Uh, let's see. Yeah. Um, let's see. The uh, This case in Maryland, it's Gibson versus Maryland and at Al. Um, it's a really interesting case. Um, people really should uh, look into it. The, uh, the name of the attorney who is running that case is uh, Walter uh, Charlton. He is quite the firebrand. Uh, and he is, uh, he's, he's taken, he is taking the fight right to the government on this. I mean, you should see, um, you should see the motion, um, for, for machine seizures by, uh, federal marshals. And I mean, we've kind of painted them into a corner and because we, this is going on everywhere. It's going on in every state, all the battleground states and, you know, Do you have a judge and selected yet? Do you know? The judge is not particularly friendly in the court where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. We're expecting or hoping that the case ends up getting transferred to the MDL court because I don't think that this judge is going to want to touch this case with a 10-foot pole mm-hmm. because it's that explosive and there's that much going on here. Yeah. So, yeah. How can people help the efforts you're doing? Well, uh, uh, you could uh, help support uh, uh, Walter Charlton. Um, he's been funding a lot of this on his own dime. Um, uh, yeah, so that in Election Watch out of uh, Wisconsin, uh, we're doing stuff with them too. And uh, they have been a huge, huge help. So mm-hmm. Election Watch. Um, out of Wisconsin, that would be a good place to, to donate. So for Walter Charlton, um, he's pretty low tech, um, but um, we can get you, we can get, we get you a, a, a link to donate some money for him. Great. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate your time. I know you're very busy. So uh, thank you for coming on and educating the rest of us here in Florida. Thanks for having me on.